This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Million, and this is a podcast where we challenge sexism in the music industry and empower fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And if you stick around long enough, we'll also let you in on some new music the girls are already crazy about. So last week's episode was really intense, really packed with a lot of different scenarios of men misbehaving, sexual misconduct within the music industry. And we wanted to follow it up with a part two where we hear from the fans who have been personally affected by this or found out that one of the bands they loved had allegations against them and hear kind of the perspective of how that changed things, their reactions, do they still listen to the music? So we're going to hear directly from a few fans today. But before we do that, we have a little intermission story time. And the story time is also not like bright and breezy, but like sort of. Very relatable to the topic. <laughs> yeah, it's, re- it's relatable to today's topic of conversation and also just shows that um, even though Jenna and I are like thousands of miles away from each other, we're secretly an old married couple because <laughs> we um, both had our whole families watch Promising Young Woman starring Carrie Mulligan on the same night without even knowing that we yeah. were doing this. Yeah. I texted Sarah right after the movie. I was like, oh my God, have you seen this movie? And she was like, I literally just watched it. That was crazy. But so was that movie. I still can't get over the fact that we literally watched it like the exact same time frame too. Yeah, that was that was crazy. So we're going to start off this conversation today with one of the stories that we told last week, just because you guys are already mostly aware of it. We'll refresh your memory just in case you're new and found us through this episode. And then we're going to go forward from there with vastly different stories from last week. And I will say it's it was really interesting, like the responses that we got from this and the voice notes that we're going to share today, they're all vastly ranging in the age of the people who sent them in um, who wanted to share their stories and the bands and the genres and like the the decades that this spans so this just goes to show like how much of an issue this is across genres across time and it's like only now with the me too movement like starting to come out and be spoken about because people have been silenced for so long So the first band we're talking about today is Swimmers, and we spent quite a while talking about them last week. But to give a brief overview, uh, Lydia Knight from The Regrets started dating Joey Armstrong from Swimmers when she was 16 and he was 22. And like essentially they were touring together. And so he was basically like her boss at times, which is kind of 
murky and weird and then he would be like oh like we're gonna wait to like do anything sexual like until you're 18 but then would like manipulate her like made her keep their relationship private like she didn't tell her best friend she didn't tell her parents she didn't tell her therapist like literally knew what no one knew except for like the swimmers bandmates and like some of their friends knew this was going on and so over the two year span of them dating things kept building and he had these rules of like no we're not gonna have sex until you're 18 but then he would like push the boundaries of those rules and he would still like coerce her into like doing things she didn't really want to do and the reason this is such a big issue obviously with it just being disgusting but because swimmers has always stood on a platform of advocating for women advocating for survivors telling people to speak their stories and they really were like we're creating a safe space for young women to come to our shows and feel okay and so like literally their whole platform was this and then lydia and was just like I can't continue to be quiet about this because clearly this is not values that you personally apply to your lives so she came out with her full story on Instagram and immediately it was like swimmers were done for I mean the other dudes in the band knew about it and did nothing about it like nobody did anything about it and let that go on for two plus years well this is a thing that I never understand and it's sort of what we talked about like with Miyoko about mental health and sexism on tour and stuff it's very and I think I said this in the last episode but it's very unlikely that the band is completely oblivious to what's going on especially in this situation because like they knew that they were dating but in lots of situations when there's one member of a band who does something especially well on the road it's like how do the rest of the band members have absolutely no idea and like why are they not held accountable this is a thing it's like yes there's no HR but when you're a band there are people in charge of you especially when you're signed to a label and it's like why does that band get to bring on a touring musician and continue that tour instead of like the tour halting and that band all going to like therapy for a little while to be taught what to do when your band member it's like oh I'm gonna go drink with this group of girls I just met and like you just don't go with him you need to hold your friends accountable you need to hold each other accountable yeah it's because a lot of times if they just like go along with it or don't say anything then they can continue their career and like that's what comes down to is like them thinking their career is more important than this and well and that's the same thing as the movie and in real life is it's like oh well like he's a prom like he's a promising young boy like he's on the track this to would be- ruin his career yeah he's on track to be like a swim star he's on track to be a doctor like he's on track to have like a platinum selling record like it doesn't yeah. matter what you're on track for what was that girl on track for and now yeah. you ruined her life potentially yeah. because a lot of survivors don't bounce back it that lives with them forever and sometimes people just don't have the ability to be like i'm gonna take what happened to me and like become an advocate or whatever yeah exactly like it's not on the survivors to like you have to be so strong and get through this you'll be so much stronger like that's bullshit like no the person who did this thing to you needs to be held accountable yeah and it's just it's just always so crazy to me how so many women like lydia who come forward and those things now a whole part of their personality has to be like has to be fighting for other survivors like there's no other option because of the way that the world and the media looks at women where it's like oh you came out about being a survivor of being in like a manipulative abusive relationship how 
how dare you not now go out every single night on tour and be like, say something about it. Exactly. Like, it's not their job to do that. If they want to, that's amazing. But they shouldn't have to relive their trauma all the time just to make the world happy. Like, if they want to, more power to them. But it's just it's just so crazy that like joey is never gonna have to talk about not assaulting women every single night if he yeah somehow bounces back from this yeah anyway now we're gonna hear a voice note submission from zoe bell and her voice note is very moving it's very personal very passionate so yeah without further ado my name is zoe bell i'm 23 and i used to be a fan of the swimmers when i first read Lydia Knight's post and when I first found out about the situation the initial feeling was like I was in the Wizard of Oz and I was staring at this beautiful colossal curtain that just got ripped away and I was left staring at these ugly little men these ugly little boys that hid behind a facade of safety and feminism and then it was utter betrayal and disgust I don't believe the situation to be handled in the slightest. There is a half-ass, not even apology from Joey Armstrong, and it was almost (laughs) illiterate, it felt. And then they started taking down people's comments, as if they weren't the ones preaching to us for years about activism and believing survivors and standing up for survivors and going against abuse. They were literally harping on people calling out their friends for bad behavior the day before. I feel like they should have kicked him out the minute they found out what was happening. That is the only way I can think of that this could have been reconciled. But instead, they stood behind him like the good little frat boys they proved to be. In Joey's post, he put, I was a bad partner to Lydia. Well, you shouldn't be a partner to a 16-year-old in the first place. Second, the majority of what you did was non-consensual. You held your position over her age and her career in the music industry. That being said, every single one of them is responsible for what happened to Lydia. Yes, Joey did it. And all of them let it happen. I don't listen to them anymore. And luckily, Spotify lets you mute artists because they were in every single one of my playlists. After this came to light, every time I heard one of their songs, it felt dirty and like a lie. After all the freaking support and years I put into this band, it feels corrupted. Kind of like I got into a car accident and I'm just staring at it through a broken window. The change that I've made in my own life is blacklisting artists that have allegations out against them and not separating the artist from the art. People need to be held accountable for their wrongdoings. And the only repercussion I'm in control of is who I give my support to. Unfortunately, I was part of the space that this band had created. That was one of the only places I, as someone who has also suffered an assault, could feel safe and valid and heard. But it turns out that they weren't listening at all and they just wanted my money. And I feel like a fool. It's like, Every like, time, goosebumps. Chills. Goosebumps, yeah, for real. Really powerful words. Yeah, we're just like so thankful that you felt safe and comfortable sharing your story with us. Um, Cause I think it's just like, it's so important for other 
fans of these bands to know that it's okay to feel how you're feeling and also these artists who go out of their way to be like we're feminists like we're here as a safe space and that that's part of like their message and who they portray themselves as is swimmers a safe space or whatever that means that other assault survivors are like this band is safe for me because they're creating a safe space because of the way that they speak and for them to go and do something like this and like be aware because they they are all compliant with it and so the fact that they knew that he was with somebody underage and continued to go out on stage every night and were like yeah let's protect women it's such bullshit yeah when I was listening to like Zoe Bell speak I was just like putting myself in that position and it's like a stab to the chest like you it's so shocking it's so devastating to find out somebody you trusted somebody who has made you feel that you can trust them to be a perpetrator like it's heart-wrenching yeah it's so upsetting and so frustrating because out of all of the artists that like we have spoken about and are going to speak about like it's just so gut-wrenching because like I was just always aware of them like I never listened to them all I knew about swimmers was like I had multiple friends who were younger who had worked with them in music and photography or in journalism and it's just like that's the thing is I feel a service to my friends because I have been in like the pop punk world for such a long time and was aware of like assault that it bred like the bad men that it bred I, I have always felt like I need to protect younger friends that I meet at shows and work with and all that stuff of being like hey like you might not know about this but maybe don't try and work with this band or don't do that but like also we shouldn't have to do that those bands yeah. should not exist anymore yeah. but it's just that thing of finding out later that like the one band I didn't pay attention to I should have been paying attention to the whole time yeah and that's the thing with like these situations being private for so long is you could be like willingly like working with someone thinking they're great people all of that and it's like secretly they've been doing horrendous things behind closed doors and just like keeping it private i mean that for all scenarios like we just said it's like could be like the doctor who like did something in college and like got away with it it's scary you don't know who you're really working with yeah i mean for an example of that happening personally like i did journalism work with moose blood and the whole premise of this was that they were a band that was significantly older than most of their fan base a good portion of their fan base were female and their fans online were very adamant that like they knew how not to cross a line and so i was working on like a series for a website that we wound up just having to pull the whole thing because of what happened but i spent three days with this band interviewing them talking to them talking to their fans about this whole thing and two days before my deadline it came out that the drummer had been sending videos of him pleasuring himself to fans and to other girls and he had a girlfriend who I had met who was lovely who was also a musician and so she had to deal with the backlash of that and then also it turned out that the singer was sending revenge porn around so all of this apparently that had been available on the internet but like it didn't come up when I was searching them about this that all came to light like two days before my deadline so I had been working on transcribing interviews writing this article about how like this band was 
something that should be followed in pop punk and then it turned out this whole time that somebody had been doing something that was disgusting and and so it's just those things where it's like you have no idea what's going on especially when fellow band members are essentially covering up for you this is why it's so scary to exist in this world like you literally just never know you never know yeah. like that it's so scary like who can you trust like i don't you can't like you can't trust people i don't know yeah and it's like just the addition of social media and texting has unfortunately allowed people who wouldn't normally have the balls to do this shit be like oh well i can do this now because they can hide essentially behind a computer and so many people are taught like well if your face isn't in it nobody can prove anything and all these sorts of things i don't think it's as much as like they now have the balls to like do this i think it's more so social media and all of these things have given them more avenues to be more inconspicuous about it yeah no you're right this is ridiculous and like well no it's not ridiculous but my parents kind of think it's ridiculous but the amount of times where we've watched like a reality show or a tv show or well mostly reality tv and you see somebody who's like not supposed to be famous who's like given the opportunity to be famous and i'm like that guy looks like he would drug my drink And they're like, what does that even mean? And I'm like, he just looks like he would drug my drink. I feel like a lot of other women can understand what I mean by that. Where like, there's just some sort of guy who gives off a vibe of like, I'm going to put my hand over my cup while I'm around him. Yeah, it's the entitlement. It's the arrogance. Yeah. But the issue is with doing this and watching Promising Young Woman, it's like, do I need to like fix my radar on this? Yeah. So I think it's like whether or not they're the ones actually doing it, like even if it's the friend who knows they're doing it, like they're okay with knowing their friend is doing this. Yeah. Like that's what's messed up is like they're like they're okay with it and mm-hmm. e- or even the person who's like doing so, like I don't know I feel like there's so many things that are like such a gray area of like sending unsolicited dick pics. It's mm-hmm. like you're okay with doing that. Like that's kind of sexual harassment like in a way just like unsolicited dick pics. I think it is personally. No, it definitely is. But it's like there's so many like minor little it's like, well, that's not technically illegal. Like there's so many minor things that are just like in the gray area that you're okay with. In some situations, it like leads to the next thing, leads to the next thing. And I feel like that's what happens in like a lot of these relationships is it's like little, little tiny things where it's like, ooh, I didn't really like that but that person's not normally like this so like you don't think about it or it's the same thing of like some you watching your friend being like "Ooh, that was kind of weird but like they don't usually do that so it's okay but then it's like it's this behavior because it's in their brain like they're not gonna do it once and never do it again like it's behavior that they've been trained they've been learned like that they're gonna keep doing And it's just like that whole thing where it's like after the first time you sleep with somebody when you go have hang out with your friends and they're like how was it like you should not be like oh he asked me if it was okay and that was such a turn on like that's like that should should just be normal (laughs) like oh it's just insane and i think in that terms of just like asking for consent from somebody who you're in an intimate relationship with brings us to our next person of interest in this discussion william control of the email band Aiden who was very prevalent on like the warp tour scene hot topic staple if you would and kind of had that like goth emo like he just gave off the vibe of like girls being like choke me daddy <laughs> which was true which was true so for these 
next few stories we are not as well versed in them i was aware of what william control did but we're gonna read directly from source material just so that we don't fuck this up because again we don't want to libel anyone (laughs) or ourselves we just don't we don't want to get anything wrong so basically in a 2018 article in pitchfork written by matthew strauss and amy phillips titled emo musician william control accused of running sex cult police declined to prosecute what a headline to begin with so much there's so much to unpack here so this article says multiple women have come forward with allegations of physical sexual and emotional and financial abuse against william francis the former frontman for emo band aiden and a solo artist who records as william control a new investigative report from the daily beast amy zimmerman includes graphic descriptions from several women of violent acts they they say were performed on them by Francis. They claim to have been forced into a sex cult by Francis, who they suggest used his public persona as a BDSM practitioner as a guise for violence. The accusations include being forced to tattoo Francis's initials on their bodies and sign contracts in blood and being brutally beaten. According to the Daily Beast, police in Federal Way, Washington, investigated claims against Francis but declined to prosecute. On June 7th, Francis wrote on Facebook, quote, I went into the police for questioning about these allegations earlier this year. After showing the detective my side of the story, including private communication, he recommended no charges be pressed because it was very clear the behavior was consensual. I have, in the past, engaged in heavy role play and bondage relationship with consent. However, I do not engage in that sort of play anymore. And for anyone who feels as though I have hurt them or violated violated their consent. I am sorry. It won't ever happen again. There are lots of things that have been said that are outright lies. I have never been with underage girls. I have never been involved in a sex cult. So that's a ton to unpack. And we have the issue of BDSM getting in the way of women being taken seriously with their claims of assault, which is ridiculous because while BDSM is an accepted form of sexual activity just because you're interested in a bit of role play a bit of rough sex does not mean that you are also okay with people taking things to the next level and right now in pop culture this is going down with the army hammer situation where army hammer was in consensual BDSM relationships and these women are coming forward about him taking a step too far and them not being taken seriously. And so this is the exact same thing that happened with William Control was that he was in relationships with at least four women because this fucking creep made you a YouTube series which we will kindly link for you where he very in depth went into detail about these relationships that he was in with these women and he spoke very and this is the thing with these types of people is like they nine times out of ten are very like narcissistic personality disorder have these things where they have views of grandeur very like magnetic convincing personalities who are also very controlling who are very good at manipulating people yeah like you watch these videos and if you are not in the right mindset you're like oh I believe him because he just has that persona of he just believes himself so much that it feels 
in a way truthful because he's not not telling the truth but he's also like not including everything because he's reading out text messages he's showing screenshots they're discussing rape fantasies they're discussing all of these horrific things but if that's what you're into and it's consensual and you have a safe word then so be it like just because I don't understand it doesn't mean that it's not something that people are into because this was the same thing with the army hammer situation because the thing is like just because you give consent once does not mean it's consent all of the time yeah and that's why you have like safe you have words. you have to give consent every single time yeah and so that's why these things are planned that's why all these things and so it's like in these videos that william control put out he is reading out these sexual conversations that they were having talking about what they were doing what they were going to do and it's like just because you're interested in something a lot of times when BDSM turns into assault and turns into violence, it's because somebody who has dark predilections utilizes a kink that somebody has to their advantage and then takes advantage of them, but they don't do it until the relationship is formed enough where this person essentially is in the mindset that you own them because that's what they're into and so in these situations like you essentially develop Stockholm syndrome where you're like oh this is how this man shows love so this is all I know especially if that's all you've been into for most of your life like that's all you're gonna learn that's all you're gonna think is what love and affection is and so these women entered into this relationship consensually and then he utilizes that trust and that Stockholm syndrome to brutally beat these women and like these women went to the police with like photos of bruises and all of this stuff and then William Control with his enigmatic persona shows up and is like well here here are screen grabs and it's like one man to another man being like look at this kinky bitch I was fucking oh well I mean that's what it is it's like men are going to want to believe somebody and also there's so much red tape around rape cases that if an officer does not have to deal with it they're gonna not deal with it yeah yeah like historically we know that the police do not do much to help the survivors like you just said if they don't have to deal with it they will not deal with it they will look for reasons to not deal with it this is the thing is we're just now having this conversation about what i said with like like sex has to be consensual every single time just because you agreed to it once does not mean that it's okay every single time and this is like a prime example of the police being like oh it was consensual but like that's not it's not the same thing which is also why charges get dropped a lot is because it's it's really hard to quote unquote prove exactly like unless you have like undeniable evidence it's really hard to prove because our justice system like really doesn't want to help survivors like this is just how it is right now well also it seemed very much from his youtube videos that he thought at some point that this could happen because he had them film sex so he like he and he had them sign contracts which is sus well i think that a lot of bdsm relationships do that so Mm -hmm. that like if it is actually consensual that they this won't happen but like obviously it wasn't consensual at some point but personally my opinion is is that if you are in a relationship with this where you started to use the fact that this woman trusts you fully and will not be able to understand that you are taking things to a level that they don't like until they get out of the relationship doing 
something where you're like oh I'm gonna film this so that you have video proof of them being like rape me daddy which like literally is what happened like he blacked out the video but like you can hear them talking it was as if he was preparing to have to go to the police and be like look at her begging for me to rape her very disturbing very manipulative yeah and so our listener who sent in a tape on this her name is Lizzie and she was a fan of Aiden for quite some time so we're just gonna have her tell her story to you guys now hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, my name is Lizzie, and I'm 26 years old, and I used to be a fan of the band Aiden. When I found out that the lead singer, William Control, had been accused of really atrocious allegations and things that he had done, ranging from non-consexual, very violent BDSM practices to underage grooming of fans, I was really disgusted and also taken aback because also as somebody who's was largely impacted by this band in my adolescent years, it was really hard for me to absorb and to really want to accept. And when it came to kind of the culmination of it all, it was really sickening to see how awful these people were to so many individuals who supported this band for so long. And for me, it was just really heartbreaking in the end. I don't listen to their music. Since um, Alternative Press actually came out with an entire story about the allegations, the accusations, and everything that kind of resulted with William Control being accused of these things. There was an entire Tumblr page, actually, of victims who had showed just their injuries that they had gotten from William Control and also their branding that they had gotten from William Control as well. He was branding people with his WC initials insignia on these people's bodies like they were livestock, which is absolutely disgusting. And it made me never really want to listen to them again, which was really upsetting because like I had mentioned earlier they did a lot for me in my adolescent years and they were one of my top three bands pretty up there next to like my chemical romance and fallout boy to be 100% honest and I have two of their albums on vinyl I have Nightmare Anatomy which was their debut album and I have a special pink variant vinyl and then I have Knives and I haven't been able to listen to them since I can't get rid of them. I think I've maybe listened to some of their songs once in the last few years, but then I felt very bad about it, and I haven't brought myself back to try to listen to them ever since. I think because of the way and the severity 
of the abuse and grooming that came from William Control in this band really shed a light that people who you look up to can be very demented and use their positions of power for nefarious reasons. And we have seen that continuously a lot in the pop punk and emo music scene, unfortunately. I think it's become more of an eye-opener for a lot of individuals to be wary and to also question what to do going forward with different people, especially with cancel culture and call-out culture, which are both two very different things that have been circulating around the last few years, especially with the hashtag MeToo movement, where it has become a very weird area for people to want to go forward with listening and continue to support certain people. And then also posts the question of, well, if this wasn't a band who maybe the lead singer wasn't the direct assaulter, is it okay to continue to listen to it? And it's begun to pop up a lot of different questions. And then we also look at what is a good apology? What is showing accountability? And does that mean we allow these people back into the scene after, you know, a year to however many years or months, whatever somebody prefers? And I don't think we found a clear notion of that yet. I think it's still foggy and it's a question that we don't really consider or actively talk about in this scene enough and it's hindering on us progressing and taking and eliminating these negative behaviors that are going to hurt more people in the end, I personally feel. And it's also made it harder when I am looking at bands to book for my personal podcast because I'm wondering, am I missing something? And while I research a lot of these bands just so I you know, know what's going on with them and just to take notes so I know how to interview them properly, I'm always worried in the back of my mind, maybe I miss some little crevice of the internet where they have this huge line of accusations that maybe I just don't know maybe they're too small of a band that I'm not going to see it normally in the ethos of Twitter for example and that's something that makes me very nervous because I never want to give a platform to people who have abused theirs to hurt others it's so fucked up that the pop punk world is that messy yeah you have to put in that much work to make sure somebody is not doing something wrong. And it's just like, it's so heartbreaking because I feel like a lot of people who listen to pop punk music, while they might not understand or know about Eden, like her saying that they held the same place as like Fall Out Boy or My Chem, like that's something that a lot of our listeners and just people can understand what that means. And I just feel like that makes the whole thing so much heavier of, being like that close to the subject yeah yeah definitely and i think lizzie poses the question like what is accountability do we allow them back into the scene and she's very right that like we don't have an answer for this and yeah there's no way there's no structured way to go about this and i think this is the issue that we raised in our last episode of it's like what resources are there then where's the accountability and i think until we figure that out it's just going to continue being this messy as she said it's going to continue hindering us Yeah, and I mean, there are instances where somebody does something and they disappear for a little while and then they just come back as if it never happened. And like I said in the last episode about this, the issue is, is that the general public, if they're not like active in the fandom or just like paying attention, these things stop getting talked about within days, like sometimes weeks. If we're lucky, the conversation continues for a while, but for 
the average everyday listener and just person within the scene it's like if they're not paying attention and they're like oh this band was on a hiatus for like five years and now they're back and then they go and they just like love that band again and start giving them their money and they just don't know what's happening and it's yeah or people who were not around in the fandom when shit happens and like years mm -hmm. later they discover this band they're like oh my god i love this band and you don't do anything else to like research like what's going on with that band it's that's crazy and it's it's so hard to, like as an individual like you really do have to like vet every single person you come like it's unrealistic for us to have to do this like this is why we need to like be having these conversations to figure out a way of how to go about this stuff and I just think it's also interesting her saying how if it's not the lead singer, how does that work? Yeah. And it's the same thing where it's like, in my personal opinion, everybody in that band needs to be held accountable because yeah. they're, I mean, they all let the, that happen. Yeah. And like the William Control Zens, that was his personal life. I don't know how aware because he had a wife and a kid. Like, I yeah, don't know how aware the rest of the band was about something like that. So, but also it's harder to continue being a band when the lead singer is the issue. So yeah. he essentially fucked the rest of his band over. And there's just like so many people who were hurt by this outside of the survivors themselves like there were other people whose like livelihoods were canceled <laughs> and like fans whose lives were just like thrown around because this one person was just like you know what I need to take out this anger on these women who trust me and are in a consensual abusive relationship essentially and then he just took it too far and it's like, why would you do that? You had everything. <laughs> like, I mean, he did, like, he did, like, he was with, with multiple women who were allowing him to act out his darkest desires, like, sexually. His band was relatively successful. He had a wife who was unaware of this happening. And he just threw it all away because he was like, I'd like to beat them too. Like, what the fuck? So speaking of bands needing to be held accountable for a bandmate's disgusting choices our next band up is set it off which seems to just breed garbage men my brain has a trauma reaction to this band of forgetting that they exist until somebody brings it up and then it's just like all oh, all comes pouring back in um just some background on set it off so Cody Carson, the lead singer of this band, who, as far as I know, has not done anything, but again, he's been fine with his bandmates doing things. He was like a YouTuber who was obsessed with All Time Low, and he started like some campaign when All Time Low was like having fans come up on stage and play guitar for a song that he was going to get up on st stage and get to play with All Time Low. And his followers, allowed this to happen like helped make this happen and he was inside it off at this time and I just remember like I came across his YouTube and he was doing all these all-time low covers and he was like I'm so obsessed with all-time low and I was like this guy is trying too hard like everything about him just made me uncomfortable and then he the next thing I know, there's a YouTube video going around of him on stage with All Time Low playing the guitar, singing with them. I can't remember what song it was. I'll find it. I'll link it if you guys want to go down this wormhole of like pop punk history. And so they, they always left like a gross taste in my mouth. And so I just would like avoid them at all costs. And then anytime I would hear about them again, it would be because one of the band members took advantage of fans. So Set It Off have been active as a band since 2008. 
And they got signed to Equal Vision Records in 2011. So most people probably weren't that aware of them until 2011. And the first account of anybody being held accountable for their actions in this band was in 2015. So this like New Jersey, New York based rock radio station called WSOU has the best reaccounting of the 2015 incident. So Jenna, do you want to get into what they wrote about this? Yeah, so set it off, quotes, parts ways with bases Austin Kerr on Wednesday, May 20th, following sexual harassment allegations. The separation occurred as a result of growing concerns from fans on their personal safety. The conversation of sexual assault spread rapidly as apparently originating from a Tumblr post from a user at Bready Steploaf. This user no longer exists and we cannot find this Tumblr post, so just bear with the information that we have available to us. So the post uh, included multiple incidents of sexual assault reportedly involving Kerr, and the user stated, quote, this band is a band I, I have grew up with and I've lost so much already on telling my side of the story even briefly on Twitter. I would not lie about this and I do hope no one discourages others in coming forward. I'm sorry if this hurts anyone, I really am. And then in response to the fan base's concerns over the allegations, Set It Off made a statement on their Facebook page and basically announcing that Austin Kerr was no longer part of Set It Off. But I think it's more poignant to read Kerr's two statements. Yeah. Should we take turns with these? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot, so yeah. Okay, so there's there's a lot to unpack with this. Um, so on the same day that Set It Off announces on their Facebook that they are going to be parting ways with Austin, Austin goes on his personal Facebook and writes a quite long response, but I'm going to read it all because nothing... <laughs> Nothing can be left out here. So he goes, as of two days ago, I became aware of some serious allegations against me. There are two sides of every story and then there's the truth. The fact is, I'm a guy who hasn't always considered the way people may perceive my actions, and while never forceful, there's situations where I've been too pushy in several matters. I'm taking full responsibility for my actions and behavior. I am so sorry for the effects of my actions, and I apologize to anyone who has ever been made to feel uncomfortable by me in any capacity. I promise you it was never my intention, and I never thought I was entitled to anything. I will carry myself differently in every matter I'm part of from this day on. Upon hearing of these matters, I immediately stopped drinking anywhere near shows and stopped doing anything that might make someone uncomfortable, i.e. hugging them, picking them up, etc. I will continue for the rest of my life being fully observant of other people's feelings. After talking with the band, we've all agreed that I should part ways as nothing in this should be attached to them in any way. I got to live my dream for years. For all the times, lessons, and memories, I'm so grateful. And then he continues... To throw away everything else he said. Yeah. By going, unfortunately, attached to these allegations are half stories, exaggerations, and untruthful statements. Since the Tumblr post was released, I have been approached by multiple people by their own accord who were there and can verify that some statements made are fictional or have proof of their falsehoods. The truth is, I've made people feel uncomfortable and I'm sorry. I encourage everyone to read into things before they believe them or make judgments. In often cases, a lack of proof means something. Moving forward, I'm actively working on improving and making better decisions so that I will never make anyone feel like this again. So before we get into statement number two, let's unpack statement number one, which is a wild ride because this man starts off by taking full responsibility and then finishes it up by being like, actually, I know that these aren't true. And also pulling in a trope from 
promising young woman and just real life in basically being like you you know me you know I wouldn't do this yeah I'm just like so uncomfortable about this situation and also the fact that he's saying that the tumblr post came out and they just like didn't handle it straight away well he says upon first hearing of these matters i immediately stopped drinking anywhere near show so it's like when did you first hear of these matters because this makes it sound like it was like a year ago or months ago i don't know long enough that he was still on tour and that they were not acknowledged and so it's like if you as the person who's has allegations against you is aware that probably means that the rest of your band is aware unless you're like genuinely just being quiet about it but it's like if you were able to be aware of it then the rest of your band was probably aware of it so why in 2015 was set it off not canceled yeah. Like, why Why were they allowed to continue is my big question about this. So then, literally two weeks later, he releases another statement because the first one wasn't enough. He says, we, know, we live in a difficult world. It appears in every situation people are either too sensitive or not sensitive enough. Over the last few weeks, I've learned that anything you say or do can be taken a multitude of ways. It's very important for people such as myself to take responsibility for the way that my words and actions are taken. For instance, telling someone that they have nice hair could mean anything from you liking a color to trying to brighten their day to hoping they'll sleep with you. Facts are subjective when dealing with the way someone feels. This takes special consideration. However, there will always be some people that take advantage of opportunities where they feel scorned. Using the language of sexual assault, harassment, etc. carries a certain power in society. We all can think of a time where we've been accused of things we didn't do, yet our actions or intentions taken the wrong way or blown out of proportion from what we meant. It's part of the human condition. I'm sure many of you have experienced the result of that personally. Unfortunately, on the internet, anyone can post anything they want and it's guilty until proven innocent. I've learned you can't just treat anyone like anyone. You have to be especially observant of the way they feel or will take things. This is something I had been paying attention to. Women deserve more respect than that. I was raised in a strong female household of four women and probably would get my ass kicked if I ever harassed a woman. Ha ha. However, I was raised to be extremely affectionate, whether I had romantic intentions or not. Although I know many women who can attest to this in a positive manner, I now realize that some people take that sexually. That is something I now take full responsibility for. It's also true that facts can suggest to what did or did not actually happen. So then he like goes into these like bullet points, like fact checking the allegations, which is weird. But he says, I've attached some screenshots with what has always been my policy on underage girls. And that screenshot slash link no longer work, but in this AP article, which we will link, he goes on, like, you can read them, but he sort of just talks about how, like, he, how he's, like, come on to women at shows, and that he needs to not do that anymore, and all this other nonsense that doesn't make any sense and kind of cancels itself out, and it's just weird because he ends it by being like, as soon as I first heard I made anyone feel uncomfortable 14 days ago to make an effective end. I stopped drinking, flirting with and hugging anyone at shows or online, then made this known to the sources of these allegations before the blog post went up. So it's like he was made aware and tried and was like, I'm not hugging people anymore. Please don't post the blog. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, I brought up leaving the band when it became apparent from the blog that fans felt unsafe at shows. And then he goes, I'm actively working with several organizations to better understand women 
and after training hoped to eventually volunteer to help them what does that mean i thought to use this experience to get knowledge for both myself and others i'm taking several i'm working with organizations to better to better understand what that's not the problem like what it just sounds like he's trying to figure out how to get into our heads so he can like assault us more efficiently um okay i i just feel like clearly okay this dude has foot and mouth syndrome one of sarah's favorite words but like i just feel like i don't care if the person who's accused of assault says i'm getting help that doesn't mean anything to me they could not be getting help like i want somebody who's close to them or this actual organization to come forward and be like yeah they are getting help yeah because it means it means absolutely nothing for them to say that and it just boggles my mind like what the brain will do to try and cope with the fact that you have done something traumatizing is he was like i did it but also i did not yeah it's it's just insane like he's canceling himself out he's admitting it and then taking it back it's just wild but like i still can't get over the fact that the band like they knew before it came out and nothing they didn't didn't feel the need to do anything about it and this just goes to prove a point because they replace him and then they just keep on trucking along set it off is not relevant for quite some time again and then the headline on alternative press on may 4th 2019 reads set it off release statement following allegations against member that sounds familiar doesn't it And so their statement, which was on Twitter, because apparently Twitter is where you make statements, is we have seen the allegations against one of our band members. Please acknowledge that they do not acknowledge which band member. And they go, as we treat such matters with the utmost seriousness and consideration, we were reviewing things from all sides internally, and we will be officially in touch shortly. Thanks, everyone, and we love you. And according to Alternative Press, at the time, their label, Fearless Records, nor any individual band member was available or wanted to make any additional statements. So update May 6th, following two statements released on behalf of Set It Off as a whole, guitarist Dan Claremont is releasing his own statement regarding the allegations. In it, the guitarist makes it clear that he has, quote, taken the proper legal channels to prove his innocence. So that that came out the band i guess disappeared for a little while and then five months later on september 30th 2019 the alternative press headline reads set it off guitarist dan claremont exits band after five month hiatus you guys want to read these statements where these men try and prove that they've done nothing wrong they will be linked in the show notes but i think at this point there's no fucking reason to give them a voice anymore right yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy that, like, they basically had one ma- band member that had allegations against them, and then they were like, we got rid of the problem, and then lo and behold, they did not. So I think that especially is what Kelly, who sent in a voice note, she touches on this, the fact that, like, you thought they handled it, you thought that it was all great and good, and it still wasn't, which is insane. Hi, my name is Kelly. I'm 18 years old, and the band um, that I used to listen to was Set It Off. So, I had only become a fan after one of the members had left, and so when I found out that they had kicked them out, I thought that I could trust them, because they ensured their the safety of their fans over uh, friendship or anything like that. But, you know, afterwards, one of the founding members of the band was actually one of those people, and I was very disappointed, but a little also distraught, because... You know, you would think that after the first instance, you could trust them. 
but I'm also glad that they were able to put aside a long-lasting friendship um, to ensure the safety of their fans and also I, I guess to trust them again. That's why I still am a fan of theirs even though I don't listen to them as much as I used to. Um, but I, honestly I hope that I'm not being naive in following them and listening to the music again. But I can understand why other people may not want to support their later music or anything from their past because of the past members who, you know, may actually gain their royalties for writing credits and stuff like that. But with this instance and with other instances with different bands and different artists, you do start to realize that there is a pattern um, in the music industry. You know, I've seen this occur with many different bands, especially um some that you know some are false allegations and some are real and you know after seeing this happen so many times you really start to think you know maybe i should be supporting the victim more than uh supporting the person that i think that i like but in reality this situation and other situations that have happened makes me realize that you know there are a lot of instances where people um take advantage of other people and you really shouldn't be putting so much faith in these people which is sad to say but it is true and it has made me very more cautious about going to venues especially going to venues as a woman and also um, interacting with people online because you never really know who's hiding behind a screen and who's um, around you And the fact that you could trust someone so easily and they could betray that trust so quickly, um, it's just something that you should really be considering before you start listening to an artist and going to their live shows. This is my thing is it's like, and it's so hard because when I was her age, I had friends who were taken advantage of by band members and didn't think that they should do anything about it because they're like well I made them think I might want that and so it's that thing where when you don't know firsthand that this happens it's so hard for the first time understand that like these people who you have trust in can be bad and can be doing these things and I think that her thoughts on this make sense because honestly like that that would be my 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 thought process is well, they wanted their fans to feel safe. And so I I understand where she's coming from in that sense. Because especially with the Dan situation, like they, the whole band went on hiatus for five months. So there was a situation where they tried to deal with something internally, but also in that case, it's like, what does that mean? Because he was in the band, like she said, like he was in the band from the beginning. So it's like, did he just not get called out until way later? Like was, True. was he doing things this whole time and the fans were too young? Because that's the other thing is it, like how I just said, it's like the friends that I had that were taken advantage of had that whole thing of like their brain trying to cope with trauma by being like, well, I had been flirting with them. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I did make them think that I might want that and it's yeah. like so with set it off being around the same age as I am that means that their fans were around the same age as us or probably younger and so it's like if he was doing these things earlier on it's completely possible that he was perpetuating this standard within pop punk of being disgusting for way longer before he yeah. was called out yeah 
And so it's so hard to like understand that these people, because it's, it's similar yet very different to the swimmers thing, but it's like they convinced their fans that they were trustworthy because they were like, as soon as we heard, we dealt with it. Yeah. And so it's it's unfair to these fans. Yeah. Because it makes somebody like Kelly at 18 have to go through this process of being like, am I being dumb? You're not being dumb. <laughs> like these bands are like they make a music to make you feel like they're there for you. They do these things. It's they're not tricking you, but in a way they kind of are. Yeah. I mean, yeah, in a way they are. They are tricking you. Um, and it's it's unclear whether or not the rest of the band knew what was happening at the time but it is disturbing to know that it, the behavior bred within the band itself and i think this goes back to what we've talked about in the past and i think particularly the episode with miyoko of it's like this type of behavior is structural this is why we talk about the patriarchy and this is why also zoe bell mentioned the fraternity like behavior of swimmers mm -hmm. is it's like this is what exists in the quote-unquote fraternity of like the brotherhood of dudes letting dudes get away with this and we saw this in the promising young woman movie also and like egging each other on even so yeah that's why this is upsetting and i think especially when you're young when you don't have a lot of other experiences to go off of it's hard to like deal with this when you hear about it for the first time and like knowing where you stand in things it, it, I mean it's troubling no matter no matter how old you are yeah and it must be so rough coming into a fan base at a later date doing the back research that you do because you're like I want to be part of this fandom finding out that this band that you are like obsessed with whatever actually had a member who was taking advantage of fans and then being like well the band seemed to handle this very well so this is okay and then like what two years later another band member gets outed yeah and it's yeah, like that must yeah. that must be so hard to deal but with. But it's like that could happen to any of us also. Yeah. It could it could be like, okay, well, it seems like they handled it. And that's the same thing. It's like, we're just like not knowing in general. And I think to her point of like you feel like you can trust them, it's like a lot of bands. You want to trust them. And honestly, I think all these allegations coming out in the past few years has made us realize like you can't trust these people as much as you as you want to. Like you just can't trust because you don't know. And I think that's made a lot of people be a lot more critical listeners. I think it's it's led to a lot of people being a lot more critical thinkers when it comes to choosing which bands they listen to yeah it's so much and it's so hard and this this last story that we're gonna tell is probably going to be hard for everyone whether they want to admit that or not because we we're, we're discussing nick carter from the backstreet boys which this was something that i forgot <laughs> which i feel really guilty about forgetting because i feel like when somebody has this big of a name you hear something you acknowledge it and your brain's like i don't want to unpack that right now because if you're not an active part of a fan base or something if you find out that somebody whose face was plastered on your wall when you were eight has done something horrible your brain again is like fuck that I'm not dealing with this right now. So there's a 2018 article in the Daily Beast by Amy Zimmerman, who seems to be a reoccurring figure in writing about these allegations and doing investigative reporting. So Melissa Schumann, who was in the girl group Dream, who's telling this story. So Melissa Schumann accused Backstreet Boy Nick Carter of rape. And then, quote, the vultures came out. So 
essentially what happened is Carter forced himself on her when they were filming a movie in 2002 and she had like just turned 18 and he was 22. And there was a little bit of back history between them. She said that because they were all in like boy groups and girl groups, they kind of like knew who each other were. And in the past he had like shown, quote, shown interest in her, but they never really had nothing happens there until like they were filming this movie so at the time that this happened melissa like shared with amy for this article that she had grown up in like a very conservative christian household and so she had this whole time while being in dream sort of battled with the idea that like they were over sexualizing her and she said that and i quote i was essentially told over and over again in the group that that was really my only value so she was like led to believe that she could only be seen as a sexual object and she said that she was like typecasted as a teenage sex symbol and she just was like it didn't go over well with me i wasn't comfortable with it but it was like i wanted to have a music career so this is what i had to do and she talks about like in this article how like she was a virgin and she wasn't trying to just like give her virginity to anybody and and so basically what happened was when she was filming that teen horror movie with Nick Carter when she was 18 and Nick was 22 they went to a friend's apartment on a day off and this is what like her testimony said was he threw me on the bed and climbed on top of me again I told him that I was a virgin and I didn't want to have sex he was relentless refusing to take my nose for an answer he was heavy too heavy to get out from under then I felt it he put something inside of me and so Nick Carter has denied this and it kind of led to the demise of Melissa's career yeah so this story is like truly upsetting because she said like quote i told my friends and family i told a lot of people it wasn't that i was silent in my own life i just didn't have the platform or the ability to speak about it publicly she even confided in her then manager that she wanted to come forward he heard me out and he said he would do some investigation and would try to find me a good attorney as i intended to press charges he later informed me that my abuser had the most powerful litigator in the country she goes on to say he was right i didn't have the money or clout to access an attorney who was powerful enough to stand up against my abuser's legal counsel i was told i would likely be buried in humiliation accused of being fame hungry and it would ultimately hurt me professionally as well as publicly so this is the same thing that happened in the promising young woman movie which is why this is so devastating it probably happens frequently this is probably mostly what happens and the fact that he told her she would be accused of being fame hungry is exactly what happened to her when she she came out with this entire story in 2018. And it's just like so upsetting because according to an article from the Huff Post, Brian Luttrell, also from Factory Boys, told TMZ that he and fellow bandmates are sticking by Carter. And he also suggested that Melissa's motives may be fame and fortune, not justice or closure. He went on to say, unfortunately, there are fame seekers that are out there. In this situation, Nick's been forthright and honest with us, and we have to stand beside our bandmate. That's all we can do. So her worst fear literally came true. And it's really upsetting. Also, in this Daily Beast article, they linked out to another situation where 
Nick was being investigated for sexually assaulting a fan and that was on Radar Online and it was a 20-year-old unnamed survivor who came forward to police in Key West, Florida about an incident where her cousin was friendly with Nick and they got flown out there to hang out with him and his friend named Rob Kaluch. And the survivor alleged that while they were with Rob and Nick, that Rob forced oral sex on her in the bathroom of whatever house that they were in, and she did not stop him in fear of retaliation. She then claimed that Nick entered the bathroom and exposed his penis to her. So basically, the report stated that Nick grabbed onto the victim's shoulder and directed her mouth onto his penis. And then when Carter realized that she was crying, he removed his penis from her mouth and reportedly yelled at his friend, you always make your women cry, you can't make your women cry. Oh my god. Yeah. So this incident happened in 2006 and was reported on Radar Online in 2017, which honestly the report makes it sound like Nick might be a repeat offender. Yeah. One other thing that Melissa said that I just want to mention is I, I think she like had a really lengthy blog post when she came out with all this information, but she mentions that um, a lot of other survivors had come forward and were sharing their stories unclear whether or not their stories were directly related to Nick Carter. But she says, quote, I think that a way the media has done a disservice is there's this sort of pressure to make all of these people come forward because there needs to be 60 of us, like basically in order yeah. just to prove that something happened. And that's really messed up. Well, like Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby. Exactly. We've seen it before. So um, we're going to hear from a listener, Steph, who has been a longtime Backstreet Boys fan, and she's going to share what finding out about this was like. My name is Steph. I'm 34 years old, and I was a fan of the Backstreet Boys, specifically Nick Carter. So Melissa Schumann wrote a blog post detailing how Nick raped her back in 2002. Since then, two more women have come out with their stories about him, and all of the stories are really similar in his conduct and his general attitude. Uh, this also aligns with just the type of person he was back in the early 2000s. There was a lot of aggressive and violent behavior on his part, and he did get arrested for violence. The most recent incident of that was back in 2016 when he assaulted a bouncer at a club, uh, and he was arrested for that too. So because this was nothing new for him back in that time period of the early 2000s, I thought it would all blow over. I figured, well, this sucks, but he's a different person now. Um, but kind of thinking about those similar incidents in the past and how they just faded away without him facing any consequences, I just realized I couldn't support him or the Backstreet Boys as a whole anymore. Like, there was no doubt in my mind that he was guilty, and it felt like such a betrayal. That picture of him that I'd had in my head since I was 11 was just a complete lie. And the picture that I just continued to be fed uh, in the past number of years, like that he was a family man and he'd cleaned up his act, that was just completely gone. He couldn't even own up to the fact that this was something he could have done. Even though by his own admission back in the early 2000s, there were a lot of nights he was so drunk he couldn't remember what had happened. Uh, so he just put out a generic PR statement and was done with it. It was just, it was so disappointing. If he'd acted differently and owned up to it, I might have eventually found a way to make peace with this. Um, had the rest of the Backstreet Boys handled it differently, I might have been able to support them in their solo projects. Um, but instead, they all just doubled down on it. Um, like Brian Littrell referred to Melissa as a fame seeker. I was once like one of their most hardcore fans. 
I've literally traveled all over the world to see Backstreet Boys in concert, to see Nick Solo in concert. I've gone on Backstreet Boys cruises and I have met them so many times and now I'm just done with it. Like I'll still listen to older Backstreet Boys songs a lot more often than I'll listen to anything new. Uh, Rarely I'll listen to any of Nick's solo music. Um, Backstreet Boys released one new album uh, in 2019 and I listened to it a few times, but it just it didn't capture my interest. Um, and I just didn't have the drive to keep on caring about anything new that they did. Uh, I've gotten to a place now where I can enjoy the nostalgia of the older music and the songs that I really did love back then. But it all still feels tainted with what Nick did. Um, I felt like I was going against a really large portion of the fandom when I decided that I was not only not okay with what Nick did, but also not okay with staying silent about it. Like, I was just horrified by the flood of support that he got um, and the way that fans would go out of their way to prove that Nick was innocent and that Melissa was lying. Um, Like, all the reasoning that she was lying was a stretch. You know, she still followed him on social media and she still said nice things about him in the past. Um, Even after this whole thing supposedly happened, she was obviously trying to get her name back out there and use Backstreet Boys' success as a jumping ground for that. Like the usual things that people say when they don't want to believe a victim. And I have dealt with a lot of victim shaming in my own life. I've heard those exact same arguments against me. Uh, So to see that happen to another woman um, because of someone I'd once looked up to, it wasn't something I was going to just ignore. I felt like I had been, I'd played a part in giving Nick that huge platform And like it was up to me to speak up and hold him accountable for his actions. But because I was able to come out of my shell and speak up for what I believed in on this issue, then I've been more comfortable doing so when it comes to other issues I care about. So that part of it has been good for me. Um, Yeah, thank you guys for giving us this platform and letting us speak about um, different bands and things that have happened that are important to us. It's so sad that these things have to affect so many people this much. It's just rough because it's like the statistics of like how many women have been raped and assaulted by people are so high. Yeah. And for these men to just like have this platform and like past survivors of assault have to continuously have these wounds ripped back open by men that they trust in the public eye it's just like it's so upsetting and it's so frustrating because it's like when somebody this powerful does something to you the second somebody tells you no one's gonna believe you you're like okay well what do i have to do so that my career is not ruined by this as well so it's like of course she's going to like follow him and say things or do whatever because that's what's expected of her because she was already told like there's no chance in hell of you winning this so you might as well just grin and bear it or else you're finished yeah and the same thing of them being like well he has a promising career and we're not going to ruin that for this allegation like same thing yeah it's just crazy that there have been so many different levels and types of allegations against nick carter and he's just like allowed to exist yeah so i don't know i just there's just so much to unpack we know again this was heavy i promise next week we'll go back to some light and breezy stuff for you guys but it's i just feel like it's super important 
to talk about this be aware of it be aware that it doesn't that it exists outside of the pop punk scene that artists of all levels of all fame are doing this and in some instances like nick carter like things just quote unquote can't be done because he already is a promising young man yeah And I also just want to thank all of the people who sent in voice notes to us. We really appreciate you trusting us with your stories and allowing us to share them with other people also. Yeah, we are so appreciative of you. We know how hard it is to talk about these things because we've been doing it for hours for the past two weeks. And just know that we appreciate you. And I'm sure that the rest of the listeners appreciate you as well because hearing from other fans of bands that we love I think it's really validating in a lot of negative emotions people might have and might feel uncomfortable voicing. Yeah. And knowing that you're not alone when you find out this shit happens. This is the thing is like, you know, Sarah and I always want to be able to give a voice to the fans. But when you hear these stories come out, it's always about the allegation and then what the band said, the band statement, and then whether or not anything happens. And you never hear how it affects the fans and that's like something that's really personal because you do as we've mentioned throughout this episode you do trust them you do love them sometimes you look up to them so i think this is a different side of the story that is just as important to tell yeah definitely yeah so if you have any thoughts if you want to share your story with us if you think that this was powerful and important and want us to cover this again let us know any way that we can help fans be heard we're here for you and willing to do it. So just to reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, what have you at name three songs or personally I'm at Sarah underscore Fagan and Jenna is at Jenna underscore million. So we thank you for joining us this week. We know again that this was a difficult topic. We really appreciate all of you. So thanks for joining us on name three songs until next time. Never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band. And remember, you're never too cool to listen to Harry Styles. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review. They really help. If you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode, you can visit namethroughsongs.com. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.